friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Cricket Stitch Chings. My name is Lauren, and today on the podcast, I have with me Amy Eaton, who is going to talk to us about some things that I think are really important with your Etsy shop. So welcome, Amy. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your backstory and what you do and who you do it for? Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me. This is a delight. Yes. Yes. So for anyone who isn't familiar, I'm Amy, and I do kind of two things in the creative community. One, I teach product photography to creatives and makers so that they can sell their, you know, artwork or products or whatever it is that they make easily online through awesome photos. And I also am a champion for scalable income in your creative business and am the co-founder of the online learning platform Brioka, which is launching in April and it's going to feature creative courses and classes and workshops from, you know, just a load of really talented creative people who run creative businesses and want to supplement that income through that. Cool. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in online business and photography and all of that? I know that there are a lot, a lot, that's underlined, (laughs) of people who struggle with their product photography. So how did you get into that market specifically? Well, it's an interesting story, I think. Maybe it's not that interesting, but (laughs) basically I've been a photographer for years, struggled for years as a working photographer, as many creatives do, especially photographers. And throughout that time, I had done a lot of different types of photography, really settled in on kind of brand and product photography as my niche. And I had had the opportunity to do some in-person workshops with a friend of mine who was really big on the handmade scene. She hosted craft shows and was a big, uh, you know, advocate for Etsy and sold herself. And she knew that there was this need for makers to understand how to take good product photos for their shop. So we did some in-person workshops at her shop and it was so much fun. And the response was really fantastic. And then, you know, of course it didn't click right away. At the time, (laughs) online courses weren't a huge thing. They weren't really a thing at all, I don't think. And so it didn't click in my head that I could probably do that. So fast forward a couple of years later and I really, I had quit my day job for the last time. It was the worst day job ever. And I was like, this is happening. You know, no matter what I have to do, I am making this business happen. And as I was in, you know, really thinking about how can I use what I know, what I have to create a business that I love, I of course was looking at scalable income because I wanted something that wasn't tied to my time. I was pregnant with my first kid. I knew that life was going to be busy. I also knew that I wanted to be able to live anywhere I wanted and kind of move around um, and not be tied to having, you know, clients in a specific area. So that's where the online course idea came about for me. And they were kind of emerging as, you know, a thing at that time. A lot of people were doing them or getting into them and they were having a lot of success. So I thought I could do that too. 
And then I recalled that those product photography workshops that I did with a friend and I knew that there was a need there. So I reached out to a couple of people who I found online who didn't know me at all. I just kind of wrote them and said, hey, this is kind of what I do. And this is what I'm thinking. I'm going to teach this. And everyone that I talked to was like, yes, people need to learn about this. This is a great thing for you to teach because there are so many fantastic people out there who can support other aspects of business, that one wasn't really being fulfilled in any way by anyone. So that's where my courses started. And that's how I started doing this. Yeah, I think photography is an interesting thing because, well, I am not a photographer and I am very open about my lack of photography skills. But it's like, because, you know, we all have these smartphones now, we feel like we should be able to do it. Like, why can I not get this down? And yet, it's really difficult, you know, and I think that as this is one thing that I have really seen change over the past probably five to eight years on Etsy is the expectation of photography because there are so many, so many more visual, highly visual platforms like Instagram. And there are so many people on platforms like Instagram who have those skills or they hire somebody like influencers and, you know, brand campaigns and all of this stuff that I have found that, you know, your super dark, really junky photos (laughs) that you took with your phone in the corner of your bedroom, like I started selling on Etsy with, which was fine at the time, 10 years ago is not fine now. Like the expectation has, the bar has been really raised in terms of product photography. They have. And I mean, just naturally, the more people up-level their skill, the more they're going to kind of rise to the top because photos are powerful, of course, especially when shopping online and you can't have that in-person experience with a product. If somebody else has great photos and you don't, you know, they're going to naturally you know, bring in more attention and have more shop traffic and get more sales. And it's the same on Instagram. Those great photos are going to capture attention a lot more than poor photos will. So it naturally has kind of brought about this high level of need for great photos. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. And I think, I mean, what you're saying is true. Like, it's just natural that if you have, you know, especially shopping online and shopping from somebody that you don't know, you're not familiar with the quality of their products, The photo is that first, it's the way that you convey the value of what you're selling. And Mm -hmm. so if your photos are blurry (laughs) and that's what you've uploaded, or like I have actually seen shops before whose listing photos were upside down. And it's like, if you have spent so little time in your shop that you've uploaded and then published a (laughs) listing photo that's upside down, I'm not going to be drawn to that product as something that I'm going to think is a high quality product. You know, your communication of the value of what you're selling is not, it's not coming through. (laughs) Yeah. And also the communication of the seller as a whole, you know, when you see really bad photos or photos that are upside down or blurry, it really makes a person question, is this person going to actually give me a product? Like, is this just a hobby? Is this just kind of something they they're doing for fun? Am I going to get this in a timely manner? Can I expect it to be like properly packaged? Is this a real business basically are the kinds of questions that people may have or kind of underlying. There's a lot of 
subconscious cues that people get from photos too. You know, they may not look at these two different photos and think, well, this seller has a really nice photo and this one doesn't. So I'm going to go to this other person. It's more subconscious than that. It's kind of more just, they see that and they think, you know, it conveys a lot of different things like the effort that someone puts into their business, the quality they put into their photos, which equates to the quality they probably put into their work and their products. And yeah, there's a lot of kind of underlying messages people get from the quality of photos as well. Yeah. And I think that that is really important to acknowledge, even though I will also say that I don't necessarily think that, I mean, if you're uploading your listing pictures upside down, please (laughs) put them right side up. But, uh, you know, in terms of having like professional level photography, I don't know that it's a fair assumption that somebody who has less high quality pictures is going to spend less time because I think, you know, there are people who have really high quality products and just don't have the photography skills. But I think that what you're saying is still true that that subconscious assumption that somebody is making, like what I always say to my students is people want to buy from a small business that's out of their home, you know, out of somebody's home and a solo entrepreneur, but they don't want to feel like they're just like buying your crap that you made in your basement. (laughs) You know, they want this like personalized small business feel, but not to that level. (laughs) Not to that extent. And I totally agree that there are so many people with incredible products, super high quality. And I definitely know as somebody who works, you know, with makers that there's a lot of really great products out there that aren't being well represented online. So totally agree with you that it's not indicative of the quality, but it's just the perception. It's like perceived value when somebody who may not realize how freaking hard it is to take product photos right. sees it, they might have kind of these underlying questions, which is why I have found so much fulfillment in teaching this because it's really, it's giving great products and great businesses the representation online that they really deserve. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's always hard for me to work with people with their photos because photography is not really where I shine. I I hire somebody for it, honestly, Mm -hmm. at this point, because it's faster for me to do that. (laughs) Right. But I also know that feeling of like needing that kind of, you know, not everybody who's just starting out in business can afford to hire somebody to do product photography. Like they are going to have to get scrappy and do it themselves. So learning some of those basic skills can be really valuable for your business and also just offers you the freedom to be able to do it yourself. Like if you're able to take your own product photography and style it in a way that's, you know, professional and appealing to people, then you also have the ability to use those photos on social media and, you know, do a variety of different things with them that it just gives you more freedom if you're able to do it yourself. Then Absolutely. And more empowerment too. And a lot of my students do a lot of one of a kind stuff or, you know, they, even if they could afford to, you know, their product line isn't consistent. So they might have a, a product line for, you know, spring 2021 and then fall 2021, they're doing it all over again and hiring a photographer two or three times a year just isn't realistic for them. And absolutely the social media piece, it's kind of the window into the small businesses, which is what so many people love to see when they shop small and they're shopping handmade, that connection is super important. So being able to take high quality social media photos is really, really powerful in kind of developing that connection as well. 
Right. And if you're able to do it yourself, then you're not relying on somebody else, like somebody else's schedule, somebody else's whatever. Yeah. And you can even do both. You know, you could hire a photographer and get, you know, a handful, like 30 photos that you can use and then also supplement with your own photos in and out. So it doesn't have to be either or, but it's really, really great as a small business owner to have that skill in your back pocket. Yeah, I totally agree. So in teaching people about photography, I would imagine that you see a lot of the same things over and over again that people are doing that's making their photos not shine through the way that they want to. Can you kind of like give us some little tidbits of what you see frequently or what some common mistakes are? What what are we doing wrong, Amy? (laughs) (laughs) How long do we have, Lauren? (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, it really is. You're right. It's really often the same kind of few things that I see over and over. And the first one is, of course, lighting. We all know light. First of all, as a photographer, I will admit that lighting is the most tricky thing to deal with. And it's kind of like you have to have a, an understanding of how lighting works. It's, it's something that a lot of people don't even think of. I just think, well, it's light here. There's, there is light here. So if I put my product here and I take a photo, it's going to look great because light exists in this area, but there's a lot to do with kind of the color of the lighting and the direction of the lighting and how harsh is the lighting. And you know, that kind of, there's a lot of different qualities of light that people need to think about. So lighting for sure, often photos are way too dark or they're taken in direct light, which is also a big problem. So that's like if you're kind of out in the middle of broad daylight, you know, and the sun is beating down. Like you decide to take a photo of you have your product like on the back deck and there's the sun is kind of really, really harsh. That can be really problematic. I will say that there's a specific style in which people use direct lighting and that is a very intentional style choice and that's different. But, you know, generally speaking, if you're just starting out, you're trying to figure out how to take a great photo, you're going to want to seek out some, you know, less direct light, like inside a bright room in your home where the light isn't directly streaming in the window or outside in the shade or something like that. Somewhere it's just a little softer, makes it a lot easier. So that's one big one. Another one is quality. Like you mentioned, blurriness or something we call image noise. That's just when the it looks a little bit muddled. The pixels are kind of distorted. That's usually due to low light. That's a big one for sure. And another thing I see a lot of people do that is rough is uh, put text or watermarks on their photos. This is super contra- – I always get pushback on this. Okay. Talk to me about your feelings on it because I have my own feelings about that as well. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. This podcast episode is brought to you by GoDaddy. GoDaddy is where I have registered my domain names for years and years, probably at least five or six years. And I find it to be by far the easiest, simplest, cheapest way of registering domain names. Whether you want to build your own website, whether you want to have a Shopify site, or whether you just want to have a domain name that you can redirect back to your Etsy shop so that rather than saying, you know, my link is etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash funky monkey children, I can just say funkymonkeychildren.com. That is a GoDaddy URL and it actually redirects to my Shopify site at this time. However, in the past, I have also redirected to my Etsy shop as well. It is super easy to change where you're redirecting your domains to. And all in all, I just find it to be extremely easy to use. 
If you're interested in registering a domain name, I would love for you to use my GoDaddy link, laurenkeplinger.com forward slash GoDaddy. And I believe that does also offer you a discount as well on registering a domain name for your first year. laurenkeplinger.com forward slash GoDaddy. I have feelings. So my, <laughs> my feelings, I will say right out of the gate are from the view of a product photographer and a consumer. So I'm not a handmade business owner. And I will preface this by saying I completely understand the outrage when you see your photos shared or stolen online, not via you. So that said, I completely understand that feeling. Yes, we absolutely need to combat image theft as a creative community, but watermarks aren't the way to do it. So watermarks distract people from your product. They don't look professional. They don't stop people from stealing your photos because they're easily removed and, or they'll just use the photo anyway, whether there's a watermark or not. So your watermarks don't protect you from any of the things that you hope that they will. And they make your photo look unprofessional. They're distracting to your consumers and they also prevent you from getting featured, you know, by like influencers or on the Etsy page or different things like that. So watermarks, unfortunately, will not save you. <laughs> They're not your jam. So I actually completely agree with you. So I don't know who you get pushback from, but not me. Mostly just sellers who have had their photos stolen, who are really uncomfortable with the idea of the vulnerability, which I understand, but yes. So I do as well, but I will tell you from the product photography standpoint or from a product-based seller standpoint that I have had photos stolen with my watermark on them mm -hmm. and used by, for instance mass resellers like on Alibaba or whatever using my picture with my watermark on them it didn't matter and like you said for anybody that has like literally any level of skill they can remove it anyway or they just crop it out but the only way that they can't crop it out is if you're covering your product with it in which case I actually feel really vindicated in you saying this because <laughs> I also do get pushback from people at times like, but I don't want my picture stolen or I don't want, you know, people to copy stuff. And it's kind of one of those things where you have to look at the the downside and then the upside. Like, is it going to prevent some people from stealing your photo? Maybe if they are very, very new, but is it also going to also prevent some sales? And if you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot by covering up your product with your watermark, <laughs> then like you said, it's not doing what you want it to do. It's yeah. distracting and it can be confusing to people. And it really, when I used to do watermarks on my photos, I would have people regularly message me and ask me like, does the Funky Monkey logo come on the bib like mm. that, like sewn on it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but you know, like, so I agree with you that photography or like the stealing of intellectual property in general is a problem, but that is not the way around it. Unfortunately. It's not. And it doesn't protect you from those things. So what some people, what people can do, and I will share this because a lot of people have asked, I actually posted about this recently on Instagram. So anyone is welcome to find me on Instagram and check it out. It was a recent post, but a couple things you could do. One, I always get asked by people who sell art, like wall art, how can I share my art without a watermark and have it be so that people don't reprint it? Two things. One, if you take it as a mock-up, like if you, you can, I mean, easily do mock-ups and Photoshop's of it, you know, make sure that it looks realistic though, guys, but you can make it happen so that people see the art on the wall 
they see what it looks like, plus they're getting a context of what it will look in their own home, and no one can just print your artwork that way. And the other right. thing is, is that when you, you know, save an image from the internet, you can't print that file at any decent printable high quality size. That is not a print. That's not an image meant for printing. That would be an image just purely for digital. Like the best they could do is probably a five by seven. And, you know, even that, and who's going to do that? You know, it's just so don't worry about your artwork. Your artwork will be okay. Do the mock-ups. And also you can embed metadata information when you edit. So depending on your editing program, but most, you know, decent photo editors like your Lightrooms and your Photoshops and whatnot will allow you to embed metadata with your photo. So if there was ever a contentious issue, like a copyright issue, let's just say someone's saying like, well, this was my idea and you're stealing it or something like that. And, you know, if you maybe you think if I had a watermark, then people would know this was mine you can actually embed that information inside the file information of your photo so that you can prove that you took that photo and the date. So those are some options for you as well. And then if you ever did need a photo taken down and it got really dramatic and you had to prove it was yours, I hope it would never come to that. But if you, you can have that information stored in your image. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's my spiel on watermarks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, so in looking at your website and some of the courses that you offer and the things that you teach, one of the things that you teach about is photo styling, which I think is really interesting and a good topic because a lot of people struggle to know, you know, do I just zoom in as far as possible on my product or do I, you know, I see a lot of photos that have a whole bunch of stuff going on in the background Mm -hmm. or props that are like not really related to the product, like these kind of random props that are thrown into the picture. Do you have any words of advice for us about styling for those of us that are not stylists? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I also struggled with styling a lot in the beginning. So even as somebody who is a product photographer, I can say it isn't easy. And I understand that. So there are many things I have learned over the years that I included in this little course of mine. Some of the most important things to note is you have to really know your branding. You have to kind of know what your business is about. And in hand in hand with that is you kind of have to know who your customers are and what, who the most likely person is, you know, that whole ideal customer thing that we hear about all the time. So that way you can style an image to support your, you know, overall message as a business and also attract the right people. So if your business is really like, earthy, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe sell like hiking backpacks or whatever, then you're going to really want to style your photos with all of that in mind. That's a pretty dramatic example. Like that's pretty clear and obvious you would style that way. But no matter what your business is, you should take some time to think about what kind of vibe do you want to convey as a business and how will that attract the person who's most likely to actually buy that thing. So there's a little bit of kind of background work to do uh, when you plan on styling your photos to know that. So don't skip that part. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. And the next one is make sure that once you have that information in your mind, you're choosing props and backgrounds that support that message, support that vibe, and that are not distracting from your product. Super important. They're the supporting players in the photo, not the star. They would not win lead actress at the Oscars. They are just hanging out in the background Uh, supporting the message. So they shouldn't be distracted. They shouldn't be overpowering. And those are really the most important things to keep in mind. 
Yeah. I think that what you said, I really like how you said about having things that kind of set the tone for your customer, that it's really important that there's some cohesion between your products and who you're trying to appeal to and the styling of your photo as well. Like the way that I think about it in, you know, my own product photography and taking pictures is like, for example, I sell monogrammed baby blankets. So it makes sense (laughs) to post my baby blanket hanging on the back of a rocking chair or Mm -hmm. hanging on the side of a crib and have, you know, the side of the crib shown in, in the photo. But in thinking through the things that are in the photo or the props that I'm using, like there should be a reason why you're choosing what you're choosing. So just to throw random stuff in there, I guess I just ask myself the question every time of like, how does this add to the photo? What is this conveying in the photo? You know, if I'm just putting some like green branches in the back of my photo, what is that doing for the picture and why? Like, why do I need that? (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I mean, some of it is visual interest, you know, grabbing attention for sure. And sometimes that can be the only function of a prop. You know, it can just be simply like, how can I, you know, add a little bit of, you know, color contrast to this image, especially if you have like, let's say you sell, you know, silver jewelry and you put it on a marble background. Like you might want something to kind of stand out a little bit. So put a little sprig of greenery in there, you know, it works, but that can be the function of, it doesn't necessarily have to be literal function for your product, but if it has a purpose in the photo to grab somebody's attention and, and make a photo that's a little bit more dynamic and interesting then you definitely can do that. But yes, your product has to be the thing that, you know, if someone might stop because they see an interesting photo, but then their eye should go to your product. It should be like, Oh, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that's kind of the key there, but yeah, it's really important. And I love what you said about having it on the back of a rocker and having it on a crib, because that's what I would call like a soft lifestyle photo. So there's not like a baby in it, you know, to the literal extent of like, this is what you use it for, but it's where it would be in somebody's home. You know, if you picture a baby nursing, decorated like it's probably gonna that would be a place where somebody might put that just drape it over the side of the crib or drape it over the you know so that's giving someone some real world context for what that might look like in their friend's baby nursery or in their baby nursery or whatever well like if I took that same baby blanket and I put it in a you know dark wood office (laughs) with a desk it would look weird (laughs) right yeah there would be a disconnect right appropriate Mm. for not only the products, but also who I'm appealing to, which is like people who are buying baby shower gifts. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you have seen this as well. Like these photos that you're kind of like, why did you choose that? <laughs> well, yeah. What was the process there? It's a struggle and I don't think it comes naturally for everybody. Even if you are a creative person and as almost all of us are here, you know, to, it's kind of like a different skill set that not kind of, it is a completely different skill set <laughs> that doesn't always come naturally to people. It's a really different skill set, even in the world of photography. I know a lot of people who are amazing photographers who really struggle with the product photography aspect because it's very, it's a weird combination between being creative, but also it being a very technical craft. Right. You really do have to understand that technical side of things. You can kind of get away with not understanding as much of the tech side of things if it's like a really artsy photo. Although most people who can create a really artsy photo do understand the tech side of things. But, you know, you can do things like put a filter on it with like different like lighting or different cool color effects and things like that. So you can kind of make your photos work in an artsy way, but you can't do that with product photography. They have to be technically 
correct. They have to be taken technically correct and as possible and then edited to be even better. So it, there's a lot of things that don't jive with simply creativity that are a lot more kind of technical that can be hangups for sure. But there is yeah. this really great creative aspect to it. And that's one of the things that I try really hard to bring into this whole product photography thing, because I know so many people dread it, but it can be something that is kind of the cherry on top of your creative process. Like you go through all this effort to create something and then give it a little love by giving it a little glamour photo shoot. And, you know, that can be special too. And you can pull in some of your creativity once you get those tech aspects down, because then you actually have the freedom to think creatively about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point that you made, particularly about like the artsiness of a photo. Not, I mean, you know, if you're struggling just to get those basics down, then you're probably not worried about taking artsy photos, Mm -hmm. but that there is a certain freedom that you could have even on like your social media or ads or whatever you're doing that with like just straight listing photos, you don't necessarily need to be doing because People just want to be able to see what they're buying and that communication of what exactly they're going to be receiving is really important. Yeah. I think noting that there's a very big difference between social media images and listing photos is super important too. I have an entire lesson on it in my course because they serve different functions. Like your purpose on social media is to capture their attention, to sell basically the lifestyle behind your products that you sell. You're selling the idea of it and what the meanings are behind it and how you'll feel when you give it to somebody or when you get it in the mail or whatever. And then the product listing photos is like, okay, you've already convinced someone to come check it out. Like the, the first one is convincing someone to check it out. And then once they get to your product listings, you really need to just inform and build confidence that they know what they're going to get. So you can still have some simply styled photos, no more than one or two props, very simply styled photos, but your product, it has to be like, okay, this is what it looks like from the front. This is what it looks like from the side. This is a close up detail. This is what it looks like when it's you know, in action, either whether it's, you know, wearing a necklace or having the blanket folded over a back of a chair or whatever, you know, so you're kind of taking them on a journey. Like here's the product. Here's a little bit more about the product. Here's more details about the product. This is what it could look like in your life. Now go buy it. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what you're doing once you get them there. So it's very different purposes that they serve. Yeah. Well, Amy, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and giving us some things to think about and work on implementing. If people want to look for you online and check you out and find out more about you, where can they find you? I am on Instagram at amy.takes.pictures and I'm online at amytakespictures.com. I have lots of courses varying from $37 to... I don't know, more than that. I can't even remember right now. Lots of variety there to kind of hit you at different areas that you need help with. And I do lots of tips on Instagram. And from Instagram, you can also find my email list. Once a week, I send out a really like, I just send out one email a week and it's very kind of teaching based. So in every email, I break down either, you know, a step or tips or something like that related to a specific topic. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. Anytime. This was so fun. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow-up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.